This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'm sure that privacy has been on your mind. There's a new idea that may put you at ease. And later, I have new information for you when you're shopping to protect your wallet. Well, there's been so much fuss since Apple kind of stepped into it with some of the supposed new protections they were putting in place that actually allowed Apple to engage in wholesale spying on its customers. And Apple has just botched this, botched the aftermath, everything. But it points out how much of our information is potentially at risk and things you can do that might protect you at least in part. So the most important thing I can tell you, and I've been thinking about this because the questions I have from people about how to protect their identity digitally, I'm not talking about identity theft specifically, but overall, is to use what's known as burner technology. Burner technology is a term that privacy freaks use to come up with ways to have disposable credit card numbers, disposable phone numbers, disposable email. Do you know there are now services that you pay a subscription to that help you use these disposable tools to protect your privacy? Because it seems like no matter what you do, you inquire somewhere, you sign up somewhere, and before you know it, you're in their web, they're selling you off to other people and all the rest. So I'll give an example to you. You know, a lot of organizations offer you a supposed discount car buying program through the back office of TrueCar. And TrueCar used to be a true great way to save money on buying a car but really has morphed, as I talked about three months ago, into a lead generation service. So you have to put in your phone number and email address, and you are going to get hassled over and over again by salespeople calling you constantly, emailing you constantly, even automated systems constantly emailing you from the lead you've generated for them through whichever outfit is using TrueCar. So as I suggested then, and I want to emphasize now, having a burner email address, one that's used just for that car search, having a burner phone number just for that car search is a great way for you to protect yourself from the instant and, I mean, intense kind of harassment you'll get 
And, you know, if the true car people disagree with how I have talked about them, I'd love to give them a chance to reply. But there are also so many times where having either disposable things like disposable email is really useful or having disposable phone numbers is useful. But the email especially because you're able to stop cold in its tracks people taking that email information and using it to barrage you with email from who knows who. And I want to talk about some of the alternatives. Wirecutter did a really nice write-up about ways that you can generate a bunch of different email addresses just for one example and bring some simplicity back to your life. And let me give you some of those examples. For free, you can use simple login or you can pay them a fee for more services. But what it does is it generates a new email address for you and you can use it as a way of blocking your real one. It forwards emails to your real one. And then once you're done with whatever company or service or whatever, you can kill that email address and get another one. It's just one example, but if you want to have unlimited emails, even be able to create uh, what are known as aliases for yourself, unlimited, you're going to have to pay for that. It's 30 bucks a year, and that's just one example. But there are tons of services that allow you to set up email addresses on a freemium business model where you're able to have an email address just for registering for subscriptions or email lists or like the shopping thing I was talking about, shopping for a car. Some of the ones that Wirecutter likes are MailDrop, 10-Minute Mail, and Email on Deck. And don't worry about remembering all these if you're jogging right now or you're driving. This will be in our notes for today's podcast. And if you want extreme privacy, I've talked about them before, privacy.com, which is a service that gives you a bunch of different ways to protect yourself, including if your credit card company doesn't offer one-time use credit cards, you can use them as a way to have one-time use credit card numbers. So you've got, again, a freemium model or one that you pay for that gives you the ability to use disposable credit card numbers all the time. And this is a feature that I really like. What about the phone? Well, as I've mentioned in the past, Google Voice is a great way for you to have a phone number you give to sales organizations instead of your regular phone number. It's a really, really simple way for you to protect yourself from somebody you don't know having your phone number. And a Google Voice number is free. I saw a suggestion from Wirecutter I had not seen before, and that's using Skype for this purpose. Remember when Skype, Krista, used to be something people talked about all the time? Mm -hmm. When's the last time you heard anybody mention Skype? Yeah, Zoom has taken over the Skype talk. So Skype would be another way for you to have potentially a number. 
And if you are a T-Mobile customer, you have access to uh, pseudo phone numbers that you can get from them. And then there are outfits that charge money to give you temporary disposable phone numbers. So there are a number of ways you can do these things that will provide you ways to hide your personal information from people or organizations you don't want to have. And one in particular that has been very popular also costs money. It's $10 a year. My pseudo and my pseudo gives you the ability to have an email address and a phone number that are essentially disposable. And any of these ideas, whatever you find the easiest to use, is a great way for you to do business with people without them getting too much into your business. Krista? Okay, this is from Robin in Florida. My printer used to work fine with third-party color inks, but I received an update from Epson, and now two of the three inks are not recognized. The bottom line from emails and calls is, buy our ink, we cannot guarantee third-party, even if it worked before the update. What should I do? It seems they only care about their pocketbook getting bigger. Help is my only solution to buy Epson ink for what a new printer would cost. Robin, this is fascinating because Epson is playing both sides of the street on this. They're selling under the traditional Hewlett-Packard printer model where they sell the printer at a loss and then charge you a zillion dollars for ink. And they, based on what you said, have adopted Hewlett-Packard's digital rights management tool that blocks third-party printer cartridges from being used in their printers to force you into a bind of having to use their unbelievably overpriced ink, or you buy one of Epson's Echo Tank series printers that you pay a real price for the printer, and then the ink is essentially free for years and years and years of use. So this one is messy, and it is terrible that Hewlett-Packard adopted this business model that the industry has followed, where the printers are cheap, the ink is exorbitant, and I saw an estimate that you're paying $7,000 a gallon for printer ink, which costs them basically virtually nothing. And this question is from Laura in North Carolina. My wife and I have always talked about umbrella insurance. Then we heard you talk about it last week. I'm a veteran and use USAA, so I started looking into it. We both teach at the university, and we rent our home in the summer when we're off traveling, living the dream. However, USAA asked this question. None of my household members own a home or vehicle that is used for farming, business, commercial purposes, or short-term rentals, yes or no. Can we not get an umbrella insurance if our home on our home because we short-term rented a few months out of the year? Advice or words of wisdom, please. Laura, first of all, you have to tell an insurer the truth. Because if you lie to an insurer for life or disability or homeowners or auto or anything, and there's a big issue that could lead to a big claim, the insurer finding, oh, they had renters there, they're then going to say, you're not covered because you lied to us. So you got to tell USAA the truth. And when you tell them the truth, 
they may charge you a higher price for your insurance, but it's key that they know and you tell them the truth. It's also remotely possible that they won't want to write you an umbrella policy because you're doing short-term rentals of the property. But I think more likely they would just surcharge you in that case. And thank you so much for your service to our nation as a member of the U.S. military, as a veteran. From Eddie in California, I received an email from a bank and credit bureau telling me that a new inquiry was done on my file. I checked right away, and it looks like someone's trying to get an auto loan with my information. I contacted the auto finance company since they are showing up in my report, but they said they didn't have anything yet, but they would put a fraud alert on my account. So now I'm wondering if I should freeze my credit. Yes. My my wife and I are considering buying a home within the next two years, and we're also considering opening up a couple of credit cards with travel rewards. So we're wondering if freezing and unfreezing will affect me. Well, it does affect you when you go to apply. You have to temporarily thaw your credit or unfreeze it, which is a very quick process now. It's not hard at all. But you've got somebody who's actively trying to really mess with you, Eddie, and that's why it's very, very important that you immediately freeze your credit with all three major credit bureaus because if the person tried to buy a vehicle, had enough information to attempt to do that, they're probably going to try to do other things as well. Before you freeze your credit, I said immediately, Immediately, plus, I want you to go on Credit Karma and set up an account with them so you can actively monitor your credit, your credit score, and everything going on with it, even while your credit is frozen. If you set up Credit Karma first, you can continue to monitor even once you're frozen. And then when you need to apply or want to apply for those credit cards when it's time to apply for mortgages and all that, you do temporary thaws, free to do, and then your accounts refreeze. I hope that, Eddie, you find out nobody has done successfully any mischief as if they're you to this point. I want to tell you something else. Shopping online used to be a great way for you to save money. The question, is that still true? I'm going to talk about it straight ahead. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There's a really odd pattern going on in the United States right now, and there were already reasons that this was going to happen, but there's a magnification because of the pandemic and the resulting shortages that shopping in person, in many cases, is going to be cheaper than shopping online. You know, as I've shared with you over the last year and a half, 
Amazon has actually become a relatively expensive place to shop most of the time. Amazon has transitioned from buying market share by selling things at extremely low prices and losing money to now being profitable and doing so selling convenience to a very large membership base. And Amazon is convenient. You know, we live in a high rise now. And when I go by the front desk, I'll see twice a day the Amazon deliveries. And they're stacked up on this cart. I mean, it's unbelievable. There are only 56 condos in our building. And I bet we get 100 Amazon packages a day in our building. And Krista's husband doesn't even live in our building. <laughs> How many Amazon packages do you get a week it's, at your house? Well, it's, frequent, it's a few hundred. It's frequently one a day. At least one a day. Not, no, but uh, frequently for sure. Okay, there's a lot going on. And so that's convenient shopping. It's not price-oriented shopping. But the pandemic and the resulting supply shortages has led to a reverse movement in the United States you need to be aware of. Retailers used to use advertised low prices to lure you in. Why do I say used to? Because right now, when a retailer puts together a sales flyer and does the art on it, prints it out, there's many, many weeks between when they have designed that flyer, scheduled the sale, and when that flyer will show up in the front of a store or in a Sunday newspaper or whatever. So the problem is a retailer thinks the goods are coming, but they're not there when the sale happens. So customers come in and they're, they're angry. Hey, I drove here to buy this item and you don't even have it. And this is terrible for the store employees. They didn't do anything wrong, but you're mad at them. So what retailers are doing is they're doing something in reverse. They're going back to what used to be common in retail, unadvertised specials. So instead of advertising something that they think they're going to have, they wait till they have it. And then it goes out on the sales floor on sale. And you're not going to be able to figure that out typically online. You might be able to at walmart.com or target.com where you can check store inventory and it'll show you the price. But generally what's going to happen for months to come is you're going to see deals in person that will be cheaper than what's available online. And this is going to be a pattern maybe for another 12 to 18 months. I think without doubt, this Christmas selling season and next Christmas selling season, we're going to be in a whole different pattern looking for deals. And the deals online are not going to be as reliable as in the past. And that's nobody's fault. But you have enormous disruptions in supply chains because in so many factories where people are working close together, COVID will spread. It'll force a factory to greatly reduce output, even shut down. 
You may be aware there's a severe shortage of truck drivers in the United States that's led to a backup in logistics, even when the goods have been made, even when they've been shipped across the ocean, even when they've been processed at the port. There are backups with the rail yards, there are backups with the trucks. So the things that you can believe are there, or the things you see with your own two eyes, or me, since I'm four eyes with glasses, that I see with my glasses, those are the items I know are there, and I know what I have to pay for them. Krista? This is from Kay in Washington. My husband read about an IBC, infinite banking concept, life insurance, in a oh, book, and goodness. he is seriously considering purchasing one. He said he wants to diversify our assets. This is a great way to do it. He explained to me what it is, how we can borrow money against equity, how there would be tax benefits, and showed me a nice chart too. But I am still skeptical. Isn't this a whole life insurance with a fancy name? We are a married couple in our 40s, have one child going to a state college next year. Thanks to me being so frugal, we have about $1.4 million in our retirement accounts. Good for you, Kay. (laughs) We don't have any debt other than our house, which will be paid in six years. Is an IBC life insurance a good way to diversify our financial resources? Okay, so Kay, I I don't know if that name, infinite banking concept, is a trade name or brand name for somebody or a generic term for a question that pops up cyclically for me where I'll have a number of people ask me about it over a short period of time and then it'll go quiet for a while and then it pops back up again. The idea is that you buy a big life insurance policy, typically with cash up front, and then you borrow against that policy to get uh, money you need for life. And it's pitched as a great tax dodge. I've heard so many people call me and ask about a 7702 plan, that they're being pitched this. And it's a code of the IRS tax code, essentially, that talks about the taxation of insurance. And so you'll have a lot of salespeople who don't want to tell you they're selling life insurance, tell you they're selling 7702 plans, like it's some kind of special, wonderful tax advantage thing, but it's really just sales malarkey. And I want you to know that life insurance is a hideously ineffective way for you to save money in the way that's been pitched to your husband in the book he's read and know that life insurance comes with massive commissions and ongoing expenses. And it's not exactly a prize to be able to borrow your own money back from the insurer and have to pay interest for it. I mean, if you're looking at putting money aside with the way you built up reserves and all that, if you've maxed out what you can fund in 401ks, Roth IRAs, just do simple index fund investing. The costs are literally zero now with Fidelity Investments and basically almost zero with Vanguard and Schwab. You can pop money in build reserves for the long term, the taxation is very, very favorable on it. This is from Christopher in Michigan. Could the big players in the cell phone industry and IoT have a wink and nudge agreement to make certain models of phones obsolete before their time? This could add untold amounts of money to their bottom lines and allow them to control the market's movements. 
There is much, so much pressure on end users to have the latest technology, such as the current push for 5G. I think the industry would rather us buy a new phone every year or two rather than my plan of four years. I have a 4G VOLTE-capable phone that was reduced by the industry to being listed at my carrier as a 3G phone. This is meant after using my phone with 4G and VOLTE for almost for the first few weeks when it was new, I then spent over two years with drop calls as my voice calls are switched to faraway 3G towers with weak signal. Neither my carrier nor my device manufacturer nor the IMEI database management organization called GSMA seems to be able to address my issue. So your issue is actually with your cell phone provider who is, uh, for, if you don't know what 4G VOLTE is, that's uh, uh, Voice Over Long-Term Evolution, I think is what it stands for. It's a technology where it takes your cell phone call and puts it on the data side instead of putting it on the traditional voice side of calling. And it would be your cell phone carrier that decided to degrade the capability of your phone. Now, the cell phone carriers don't have a strong incentive to push you into a new phone instrument normally. Uh, Only the cell phone manufacturers do. The reason the cell phone carriers aren't keen on that necessarily is they have costs involved, usually in an indirect or direct subsidy in what you pay for the phone. When they say, hey, you know, you get this phone and trade in your old one, we're going to give you $800 or whatever for a phone that's worth 12 cents, the cell phone carrier is normally absorbing all that cost. The issue with 5G, remember I said normally, the 5G issue is it's much cheaper for AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon to route your calls over 5G than 4G. The 5G network is much more robust, can move a lot more data traffic in the same space than 4G could. So that's why there's a big push for you to go to 5G phones. But the problem you're having with your faulty phone is the fault of your cell phone carrier itself and not some conspiracy by the cell phone manufacturers to get you to get a new phone. From Ken in Arizona, I recently discovered your podcast and agree with your advice. I hear your take on 403B retirement and understand why you don't recommend them. What do you think of a 457 plan? I just started with one and it is currently in a target date fund with a 0.38 expense ratio. I also contribute to a pension fund at 12.4% pre-tax with 100% match, and I contribute $6,000 annually to my Roth. The 457 plan was my next choice to capture any additional pre-tax savings I could find in my paycheck. So, Ken, I'm just so impressed with everything you're doing saving money. 457 plans are kind of a gray area where some are high cost and others are not. If your plan has a target date fund at 0.38, that's high for a target date fund, but not high for overall expenses for something that will have long-term tax advantage to you potentially. The one thing I'd want you to find out is are there any overriding administrative costs that you have with the 457 plan that sit on top and in addition to the 0.38 expense ratio? If it turns out you have other expenses 
that are built into the 457 plan that are being fed back to you, then you'd be better off with your extra aggressive desire to save extra money to do what I talked about earlier, and that's put your money into index funds as an alternative to you doing the 457 plan. But if all in, the 457 is really at 0.38, then I'm perfectly thrilled for you to remain in it. And I want to tell you, if we didn't get into your question, or you want advice that you haven't heard me address, you can reach our Team Clark Consumer Action Center Monday through Friday from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon Eastern Time, 7 in the morning till 1 in the afternoon Pacific Time. And you can call our team for free advice at 636-49-CLARK. That's 636-49-CLARK. If you prefer it as just straight out numbers, it's 636 492 5275.